Welcome to the latest episode of Imagining a New Economy, brought to you by People First Companies. I'm your host, Mia Voss, and in this episode, we talk with guests Mark Babbitt and Chris Edmonds, authors of the book, Good Comes First, how today's leaders can create an uncompromising company culture that doesn't suck. That title should tell you everything you need to know about this episode. Tune in. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for inviting us. Well, as you know, I'm a huge fan of the book, so I couldn't not have you on the show because it it just fits in too well with imagining a new economy. And as we've said off the air, we're already big fans of People First and, and this podcast, so we're thrilled to be here. Thank you. Thank you. I know we were, I had the announcement on Facebook and one of you come in and said, this is the perfect fit. I'm like, I know it is. So let's dive in. And now we, we, you, the three of us talked right in the beginning when the book was coming out, which was last year, correct? Your book, Good Comes First. It came out uh, uh, September, late September, 2021. Yeah. Yeah. So what we're going to do in this conversation is weave in how the people first and the imagining a new economy and those ideals fit so perfectly with how you are inspired to come up with this book of, you know, we got to do things better people. Well, we, we, we have both been in the space of trying to inspire leaders to be a little bit more human friendly, God forbid, human centric. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we've made, we've made little bits of baby steps forward, but not enough. And so we didn't realize just how great a, I hate to say equalizer, but the pandemic really showed all kinds of interesting. The cracks are no longer cracks. They are chasms. And if you really don't care for people, it's going to, it's going to get out and people are not going to put up with it. And uh, it seems that, that it's still happening. Another 4 million in the U S alone quit in January. Wow. And, and they did Oh, go ahead. You you said you said that so nice, Chris. The reality is, Mia, that Chris and I are both really tired of <laughs> of leaders not getting off their ass and making the workplace a better place, and and doing things for some a reason other than just making money. Like how we treat our employees, our customers, our candidates, our community—that stuff matters. And those chasms that Chris just talked about—they're they're they're splitting entire cities wide open. I mean, 48 million people left their jobs in 2021. Another 4.2 million voluntarily left their jobs in January of this year. I mean, what, how strong of a message do we have to send to leaders to say, it's not your employee's fault. It's yeah. yours. And we need to fix this. Yeah. yeah and it's, it's such a, it's, there's so much more transparency now and it's, and it's coming out a lot more quickly too. you know, how things trend on Twitter of poor behavior with companies or companies that don't respond correctly. Like it's the, the backlash and the repercussions are happening a lot more quickly now too, which is, is good and bad, but we're at that space now too, which is, I love when you wrote this book too, was pre pandemic when you came up with this, right? So something was jogging your, or getting your attention. Two years ago, was it two years ago when you started writing this to say something's coming down the pike? Well, and 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 I, I mentioned that we were really um, faced with the generational influences and and having leaders 
uh, some of whom Mark and I have been working with for years and years and years and years. And it's like, you know, these new kids coming in, they're different than the kids that came in 20 years ago. Yeah. And, and there's pushback there. People are um, these kids, right? These, these 25, 35 year olds who have families for God's sakes. Um, they, they don't put up with that old school autocratic command and control my way or the highway philosophy jump in on that mark so we first of all we should full disclosure mia and you may already know this we had the manuscript 90 percent done good comes first was about to be turned in and then the pandemic hit and it changed everything and so it we write we write in the book that these old school leaders have to get used to flexible work hours, remote remote and hybrid contributions, losing losing their micromanagement tendencies and actually trusting people, giving them the autonomy to decide where and when and how the work got done. And we're talking about all this, and then right before we turn the manuscript in, it all happens. And so yeah. the manuscript can't talk about well. You you have to you're you're going to have to get used to this because yeah. it's happening right now, right? And so so we had to take all these all these things that literally happened overnight and rework the manuscript to say, great, now we have a real world examples of of what's happening and and how it's impacted people. And we got to talk about what's going to happen next. And the next is post-pandemic now. And and so we actually predicted, here's what's going to happen. By the millions, people are going to revolt when you say, okay, pandemic's over. Everybody get back to work. No, get back to work. The old, the old get back to work, that old normal, that sucked. Yeah. It was yeah. terrible for even for guys my age, let alone millennials and, and Gen Z. The, the old normal sucked and nobody's going to want to go back to that. And they're going to literally leave by the millions and and here we are it's, it's happened and 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 so we'd like to think that maybe we have a way to help leaders get through that and i think it i love that we're talking at this time right now because yes we are we're we're in this lull in between hopefully a larger lull in between variants right so we're we're seeing that people are feeling ducking peeking their head out a little bit to a bit of normalcy, but I think the denormalizing needs to continue, right? Yeah. Because I'm even seeing people, and you guys probably see from uh, city council meetings. I was listening to NPR the other day, and uh, they were talking about that they really want city council meetings to stay in that hybrid piece because how much easier it is for women to show up at their city council meeting they, or a family member, they don't have to find somebody to, they don't have to get dressed up. They don't have to drive. They can just show up right then and have their voice heard, right? Not going back to that because some of these cities are considering like, no, we're going to shut that off again. And I also know from talking with a lot of friends that have different abilities that these, a lot of these changes were things they've been asking for for years to say, could we work hybrid? Could we have, you know, people that even have anxiety disorders or any kind of physical disorder say, could you help me show up better for work by not jumping through your hoops? Always were told no until the pandemic. Now it's like, aha, you can do that. So I think people aren't going to, it's the same idea. They're not going to go back to that because they know that it can be done. 
Well, and, and it's, it's unfortunate that the natural return to normal was driven by <clears throat> senior leaders. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think I can come from the avenue that says, okay, I get it, because this is all you know. This is the only way you know how to get stuff out of people. And the reality is that's not your job to get mm. stuff out of people. It's to create an environment that people love going to hmm, that will uh, grow committed to customers and to your services and your products. All of a sudden that blossoms and blossoms. And it's like, no, I need to go back to being able to see everyone in their seats, in our building, buildings, facilities, what have you. I don't think we're going to go back to that for a long time. And even I saw a study um, last week about that hybrid really creates greater anxiety than the old normal used to with just going into a dismal workplace because there's different ways I can get prepared for it. There's different degrees of work I have to do. And, and, and it's, it's, it requires people to be much, much more nimble. And this mm. is the middle of a pandemic where, you know, friends have died, family members have died. Yes. Six million plus. And, and we're not over yet. It's not over yet. So this is a huge, huge um, well-being hit, which also takes away our ability to concentrate. It literally does. What, what did you say? Just kidding. <laughs> I, my, the attention span is, is just, it, it is gone. There's so many different ways it's affected people. Mark, jump in on that too. Well, I, I, I want to pick on the word flexible just a minute because l- let's be honest, the, the, the migration to hybrid work or in throughout most of the, of the pandemic for many of us, there are frontline workers, remote work, was the first people first initiative to hit the workplace in a hundred years. And it, and it was not on purpose and it was not planned. And it sure as the devil wasn't the employer's idea, Mm-mm. right? It had to happen. That was right? not voluntary. So, <laughs> so and, and we immediately started calling it the hybrid workforce or the flexible workforce. Well, what's funny about flexible now is especially the Wall Street companies and the older school companies and the legal firms, they're now saying, well, we need you to be flexible. We need you to come back to work. Well, wait a oh, minute. Oh, no, they just flipped the wait word. Wait a minute. You're, you're spinning it now? No, no. You don't, you don't get to spin that. Flexible is not coming into the office. Flexible is being home. When your kid comes home from school or when your dog has to go outside to go to the bathroom or when your elderly parent needs a little care, just 10 minutes of attention in the middle of the day, that's flexible work, not jumping on a train, knowing you're going to be gone for 11 hours and 45 minutes. And 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 then when you get home, now you have to get dinner on the table and deal with the dogs and the parents and the kids and you're exhausted. Nobody wants to go back to that. They and don't. so don't please... Please, employers, don't spin that word on on well-intended people. Now, let, let, don't 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 send HR after us. Don't send PR and marketing after us. Accept the hybrid workplace for what it is. As I said earlier, the first good thing to happen to people in a long, long time. Yep. Well, I and agree. I think I think one of the pieces that that we hope 
these conversations happen uh, with, with leaders is to have them begin to reflect to say, okay, we've been talking about going back for two years and it ain't going to work and it's not going to be beneficial. People aren't going to be happy. And, and I, uh, oh, oh, the stories. I remember a boss that we were working with um, and trying to say, happy people produce better for you. This is, there's less drama, there's less conflict, there's more proactive problem solving. <laughs> and, yeah. and it's like, I don't care about happy people. I just want them to produce. And I thought, oh, that's just a little bit too revealing because it, it literally is a very common mindset. It may not get stated quite that boldly, mm-hmm. but the issue now is People are not going to go back. They are not going to tolerate an absence of consideration and accommodation, which means if you want to be a, let's call it fun place to work for people, which would be a really good reputation to have, Mm -hmm. then you're going to need to start to be extremely flexible in the options you provide and how people work when they work. Um, You don't care if somebody's in Brazil working on a project in Tokyo, you don't care, but you want to make sure that those people feel validated and respected for the work they're doing every day. That's what leadership in the future will look like if companies are going to succeed in this economy as it continues to evolve. Agree. And I, I think that's the, the mindset we're trying to get into. I know you guys talk about that in your book of the difference between revenue and respect, right? And it I think what happens is a lot of people think that respect or flexibility and all that means a loss of money, right? That it immediately equates to, okay, great. Now everybody's got, I think one of you mentioned one of the interviews I was watching, you know, the, the, the shuffleboard and the, the ping pong table and the whole thing and this, you know, fun work environment, but nobody's getting anything done. And that's not, that's not the case. And again, I think normalizing, having the conversation of respect doesn't mean you're not going to make any money. But the the free the freedom piece I think is a huge a huge part of it too. And I want to mention this too. I think one way that I knew things were turning downhill again is when I saw how many shelters were talking about how they were full up again, animal yeah. shelters. Yeah, because yeah. people were having to go back and go back to that that new flexible. Oh my God, what a great point, Mark. That new flexible. I'm using the finger quotes um, and having to give up this lifestyle that they had built for. A long time. So, you know, now the question is, which I, I love, we can dive into this now that your book is out, we're in this different, like we talked about part of the economy. Let's talk about some problem solving things that you've seen that, that do address companies trying to go back to the old normal. Hey, the, the, the first thing we're seeing is we've already touched on it, is this great resignation thing. If if companies are going to insist that people come back to work, come back to the office specifically. And again, we're not talking about frontline workers. I mean, after all, the leaders have all the answers to that. You can now make $18 an hour at a job that still sucks at McDonald's and they still can't get people in. Right. So right. the front, the, 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 the franchise owners and the, and the business owners, they, they think they have all the answers for the frontline crew, um, let's just throw money at them. Well, that's good luck with that. That's not working for anybody. Thank you. Um, but we're, now we're going to take the the people who have enjoyed remote work and, and maybe over the last few months, hybrid work. And we're going to say, um, get back to the office. No, we're not. No, we're, we're going to go find an employer who actually cares about 
not just the work, but the people getting the work done. And and you you made a, a, a great point earlier, Mia. You said, well, people equate um, taking time and, and deliberately establishing workplace respect as a loss of revenue. No, it's quite the opposite. Chris started tracking this stuff years ago. Mm. And, and we know from our work together and Chris's work in the past that when we create a, a workplace that that equally values respect and results, that employee engagement goes up 35%, retention goes up 30%, uh, customer service goes up almost 40%, wow. productivity goes up 40%, and results, profits go up 35% all by creating a people first, if I can use that phrase, yes. organization that that equally values respect and results. Now, to your earlier point, Mia, that doesn't mean we all get to sit around and play guitar and, and, and do the nap pod thing and nobody has to get any work done. No, we're asking you to equally track respect, values and behaviors and performance because yes. you have to have both. If, if you if you don't care about performance, you're a crappy boss to begin with, right? Well, if you only care about results, you're as Chris says, you're doing exactly half your job yeah. because you're not focused on the culture. You're not focused on building a place where people feel safe and validated for their work, and and they don't have some jerk salesman being a sexist or a racist or 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 just a destructive device of force in the workplace. Well, in a good comes first workplace, those people, they can't be there. They don't because fit in. if you tolerate, they don't fit in. And, and it's just, it's like a shock value thing. Uh, I heard a, um, a, a customer of ours said, it's like a fifth grader cussing out loud in the middle of a classroom. It's so awkward. It's so weird. It's mm-hmm. so out of the ordinary that, that everybody just goes, whoa, whoa, cross the line. Sure. Well, in a in a respectful workplace, that's what happens when you make a sexist comment, or or you tell a per, a person of color, "Wow, you're actually articulate," which happened in the national press yesterday, right? I mean, it's like, what what did you just say? That's not okay here. And, and that everyone says, you. "What did you just say?" Not just yeah. one person, but everybody right. goes, "What?" Right. And and the frat brother contingent that used to deal with that crap. And make it okay. Well, they're becoming the minority. And and no, I'm sorry, my friend. This is a respectful workplace, and you don't get to talk like that here. And if you're going to keep talking like that, you can't be here. Go to work. Go to work for another frat brother boss. But here, that stuff doesn't work. You know, it's a really good example of that. By the way, is this show Ted Lasso? I don't know if you gentlemen have watched that. Oh. But it that, that could be a 30 minute conversation on by itself. That is yes. a whole other show. And I, I just rewatched it again. When you want to feel good about what's going on in the world, you literally can just curl up with Ted Lasso. And, and it it literally is that migration. You you watch in the beginning of it's this old school where everybody's just misbehaving and acting horribly. And you watch the difference of this one person who just keeps saying, No, we're not going to act like that anymore. So I have to say, I'm going to refer. I'm going to defer to Ted Lasso as the whole migration of that 
that awesome. that journey of what was normal of treating people poorly, of bullying folks, of uh, the the loudest one, the most misbehaved, who was out for himself, Jamie Tart. Sorry, I'm really going to get into this. <laughs> you know, he he ends up being the odd man out, like you just said, Mark. Like that, it's yeah. that they they don't fit into that environment at all, and I think well, that's the normalization we're looking for. And be a spoiler alert to take the metaphor just one step further. End of season two, there's a there's a character that decides not to treat people with respect, and what does he have to do? He has to go work for somebody else mm-hmm. where disrespect is expected and tolerated and the norm. Yeah. He he couldn't stay. In that in that respectful environment anymore, he did not fit in anymore. And he benefited and so, the most from that respectful environment, and somehow yes. it still was not enough. Yes, great point on that one. Sorry for the spoiler alert, folks. We yeah, didn't name alert. names. Sorry. We didn't name names though. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I I think what's interesting too, I was listening again, referring back to another interview that you did, was talking about we're going to bring up boomer male syndrome. This was one of my most, I giggled the most when, when we first started talking about this, a phrase that you all coined. And I, it was so interesting the the one woman that you referenced uh, that you had interviewed that uh, was a woman who had to play the boomer male syndrome. She had to play that game. And I know it from being in construction for 20 years, I have played that game where the only way I can get ahead is to act that same way that we don't want people to act. Yeah, it's it's such an interesting legacy, and it's obviously an immensely powerful legacy because we have leaders today who are not all boomer males, mm-hmm. but they have been trained to act like boomer males. Yes, um, it's it's the popular infection, right? We like idea viruses, and there's some other COVID things we don't want those viruses. Yeah, this <clears throat> practice. Of, of basically demeaning, dismissive, discounting of others. Um, it, it, it started in the 50s. It might have started in the 40s. Mm-hmm. But it, it is unfortunately still a very common viewpoint of this is what leaders do. And so to be able to prove over the last 20 years that you will make more money with less drama with less frustration, with more fun. Did I say more money? Did we get the more money thing in there somewhere? And and I literally had my best boss and my worst boss over the course of a 15-year career in a nonprofit. Nonprofits are often some of the most purpose-driven, mission-driven kinds of organizations. And I had world-class a-holes as bosses and then moved to a different organization right a different uh city and here was this genius and it's like oh i'm gonna follow you for years yes you cannot get rid of me now right thanks for the warning but but he was such a a wonderful validating respectful guy he challenged us Mm. but but what's interesting is here we are in 2022 and we still have bosses who fear trusting and respecting and giving autonomy and giving authority to humans that probably prove every day that you should trust them and you should yeah. respect them. So it's it's a bit shocking. And, and yes, we go to the dollar number that says, 
if you're able to actually give people autonomy, authority, validation, praise for mm-hmm. their ideas and efforts, they're going to solve problems for you you never knew you had. Um, those are the people yeah. that customers love or hate, right? And it's the, there's just those, most of us, you know, were reflective of how we were treated when we were interacting with customers. That's right. I love the phrase. I've been, I use this a lot in, in talks that I give entrepreneurs with a paycheck that employees should be treated or obviously you get paycheck and insurance. We all love that, but then you're treated as a fellow entrepreneur that you're bringing your ideas to the table. You're just, you're not just a cog in the, in the machinery, but literally you get to contribute as well. And I I think that's the new, the new economy that we're, again, I keep using it. It's like a drinking game. Normalize (laughs) drink every time we say normalize it. Well, one more thing to add, one of our longtime clients um, had, had a, uh, as many businesses did, rough couple of years in the pandemic, and it's just come back great because he was communicating, he was keeping people paid, even when that was a tough thing to do, mm-hmm. um, but people felt like they were informed, and and if if there was light at the end of the tunnel, they might have been the ones across the globe that knew it first because this guy was so good about we're working on it. This is getting better. Our customers are saying we're going to reopen sites, that kind of stuff. And, and he said, you know, this is the same stuff we were talking about four years ago, right? Yeah. With trying to have leaders be nice. Yeah. And trusted. And may, maybe this, this, Great resignation will will raise enough of, you know, kind of the hackles on some leaders to go, we can't keep in business if we keep losing 30, 40% of our workforce every year. It's, yeah, not good. Yeah. Nice is not a bad thing. I think that's what's happened is that people equated nice with weakness. And that is such an, oh, that's so old school. That's so old, right? Black. You have anything to add on that one, Mark? I'm going to keep because I, I I know you've got good nuggets too. I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna add onto the the nice thing. I mm. you know you started this segment of our conversation with talking about the boomer male syndrome BMS that we call it in the book, and it is Chris already made the point. It's not all old white guys, but it's most of them because most of the people that are in the seats. Suite now and in the uh, board, the director's seats now are older white guys. It's just pure demographics. And many of them are so focused on protecting the privilege that they have that they aren't willing to let anybody else in the door. Mm. And, and here's the problem with that. People are migrating toward leaders who are vulnerable, who are empathetic who are focused on building trust and, and caring about not just the work, but the person doing the work. So we're, so we're interested in personal and professional growth, right? And, and we are going to validate your work. People are migrating toward that type of a leader. And to, to come full circle on the point, a lot of those leaders are now becoming older white males who over the last two years, enjoyed being home with the kids and the grandkids and the fur kids and their elderly parents. And they got to enjoy the benefits of being more flexible, of not 
being that chronic terminal workaholic that their predecessor was and their mentors were and their business professors were. They're enjoying life too. And so why, why shouldn't we all enjoy that? Well, the, the leaders who are doing that, Mia, and Chris, you know this already, they're not losing 30 to 40% of the workforce. Some of them have a line out the damn door. Yeah. Because the employees at those companies are telling their friends, no, I love, I love my job. I, lo- I love my boss. I love the, the, the founding team. I love the CEO. They get it. If we need to work from home still, they say, fine, you choose. Well, they're telling their friends and their colleagues this. Well, where do you think those friends and colleagues are going to go for work when they get tired of the that boomer male leader? It, it's, it's so organic. It's so natural for this transition to happen right now. And the only people that are getting left behind are those who are saying, no, I'm the tough guy. It's my way or the highway. This is the only way I know how to lead. Well, guess what? If you lead like that, there, there, there's going to be two kinds of leaders. There's going to be vulnerable or social, as, as we like to say, or there's going to be retired. And, and if you're going to go the retired route, please do it now. Please get the hell out of the way because <laughs> we, we got work to do and we, we got lives to lead and we just don't have time for this anymore. Yeah, the lead follow or get the hell out of the way. Yeah. It really is. And I that is such a great point too, because I do think that listen, people talk. So that that's the the whole point. Like when you say people love, I love working for this company. We all listen, whether we're in a corporation, whether at home, where we're buying, I want to hear that and that transparency of you know seeing the vulnerability. We love those stories as opposed to that fear-based, because that's what it is. It's ego and fear-based. And I love that that's going out of style. Yeah. Hustle and, culture. Well, and, and part of the, the, the drive that, that we mention is, is that the diversity inclusion thing is nothing new. Mm-mm. It's been a miss for decades and it's still a miss. And yet there's ways of doing this, this better. And, and one of the things we propose is the first thing you can do, you don't have to go change social justice within your own county. That's a big job. I get that. That's right. You look within your own organization and see what pay inequities might exist. If you want to improve the the economy of your employee population, pay people fairly. And what was it? I think Salesforce took it on 10 years ago. Wow. And a global organization, it cost them $8 million in cash to close gaps. Guess where those gaps were? Women, people of color. Same jobs, same contributions. That's amazing. By 30 to 40%. So you don't have, you don't have to go fix climate change yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to start working on that yes. way better than we are. But literally, you have social injustice that happens every day knock that crap off. Look inside. Oh boy, you know, you're preaching the gospel with me on that. (laughs) That's why I came on board as a brand ambassador and a podcast host for people first, because that is that you're singing to the choir. And I also think that, yeah, encouraging your employees to, 
yeah, to, to one, be a part of it. But I think creating these ecosystems, I always talk about that. Like you, you, cause if you just want to look out big, you can fix what everybody else is doing except for yourself. So I am a, a big proponent of that. Any uh, last parting words for us? Words of wisdom? Think up something good. I'll just leave, leave you with this, Mia, if you don't mind. I, we, Chris and I have lately have seen, well, you know what? We're going to take a look at that next quarter. Or we're going to take a look at that after the next variant passes. Mm. You know, the next wave. No, no, wrong. People are... Ha- have been and are earning your respect for the last two years. And, and, and they continue to do that today. You can't wait for whatever milestone you think might be coming next or whatever, you know, your, whatever's convenient for your corporate calendar. Mm. No, start, start fixing little things. Now create little, little contagious pockets of excellence Make make changes happen, build momentum now. And and instead of thinking about next quarter, you'll already have made a difference by next quarter. So as Chris said, just take something little on. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be monumental. It doesn't have to be 60,000 employees at a time. Just look out at your team right now, especially if you're a leader, look around you. And if you're surrounded by old white guys who look and act and think just like you do, start there. And and start start to build your succession plan that defeats a lot of the social injustices that have been happening for so long. Start start right now in in your yeah. in your home. Fix fix something today. Such a great point. If you are surrounded by everybody who looks like you, you are not doing it right. <laughs> No. Because that's you're filtering it through your own vision as well, too. I love that. And I'm going to take that personally, Mark, about starting today because I'm going to take that advice for myself because you can get overwhelming of like, no, I'm going to start. I, I'm going to finish this when I get past this milestone because it's just going to get pushed off and pushed off and then you're not going to get anything done. Chris, what about you? And then we're going to wind this up. End uh, it up. I'm so grateful for your support uh, uh, for a long, long time. You have. You have supported us in this work, and and we're just hopeful that leaders are willing to take a look at whether or not their work culture might be a little stale, mm. might be a little prejudiced, right? Right, might not be as attractive to younger generations because you are not gonna, in, you know, this tsunami has begun, and and if you choose to ignore and think this whole, all these folks quitting their jobs, well, that's just pandemic driven. Oh, no, it's not. And it's it, we are in a, a new world and leaders need to adapt. And you may need to ask for some help because you've never faced this world before. So I know. I appreciate it. Listen, and guys, I want to give you kudos too for being the change that you want to see. I know it's not easy to do to step out and be like, hey, folks, I know you think this is normal, but it it's not. This is not how it should be. So we're going to have it in the show notes that you can go check out goodcomesfirst.com. Go to goodcomesfirst.com. That's it, right? That's it. That's the tweet, as they say, as the kids say. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate you both. Make sure to get on the email list for Good Comes First and receive all their updates. And of course, order your copy at goodcomesfirst.com. If you'd like to be a part of the People First Companies movement, You can find out more at peoplefirstcompanies.net or send us an email at info at peoplefirstcompanies.net. 
If you like what you're hearing on this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review. We'll see you on the next episode.